your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. <laughs> well, no, okay. Now I come in clear. Hey, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. I think the satellites are a little cold from the uh, national news. I think that's what's going on. They're just freezing out there in space, right? Those satellites. 608-785-7914 is the talk in text line if you want to get in here. Uh, bottom half of the hour is a good time to do that. I don't have anything scheduled. It's going to be it's multiple tabs day, ranting and raving day. But before that, I'm going to bring on Chris Haskell. She's the chair of voter services at the League of Women Voters here in the lacrosse area. Uh, obviously, or maybe not obvious. This is kind of the kind of the whole point of having her on. And in a couple of weeks here, February nineteenth, I believe, there will be a primary. In lacrosse, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Supreme Court race. Uh, I believe the A City Council race is a primary. Oh, and you know what? This is why I have Chris on. I didn't write it down because I just it just blinked. And then, oh yeah, there will be there will be a primary for the school board race, right? That because I think one person, there's one more person on the ballot than, um, I think there's nine people running and eight seats, something like that. It's the one thing I didn't write down as I was uh, taking notes on everything. Uh, it's also committee week. I don't know how much of a deep dive I'm going to do on uh, the Judiciary and Administration Committee, but they meet tomorrow night at 6 p.m. The agenda's pretty light. It's pretty light. I thought maybe the... I wasn't quite sure how the... Because last month at the city council meeting, we... We, as in the city council, made a decision on selling the Harry J. Olson Senior Center building. It's always funny because it's called the Harry J. Olson Senior Center. So the Harry J. Olson building to the Senior Center for a dollar. And then the Senior Center has a, de- a, a month or 30 days to make that decision. I wasn't quite sure if that ends up on a council or a committee agenda, but I don't, I don't think it does. I think it's just up to them. Um. Not 100% sure how that works then. Once they say yes or no, yes, we want to buy the building, and then does it go back to the city council, or is it a done deal then? That's kind of the question I wasn't 100% sure on. But I believe Mitch Reynolds, the mayor of the city of the Cross, will be on next Monday. Kind of break down. We can break down some of that, kind of explain that to me. And maybe the by then, maybe the senior center will have made a decision and uh, if they want that building. 608-785-7914. Um, yeah, so the JNA Council agenda is up, and I'm not going to read it because it's all googly mook to me. The uh, the the wording and uh, didn't there wasn't like a ton of stuff on there that I that I thought was super fun to talk about. I'm sorry, that's politics and fun. I mean important. And then the uh, there is a there is a special meeting as well at five fifteen. The special meeting is the application of Gene Wilton for a public vehicle for hire operator license and appeal of denial by the police department. Whatever that means. So taxi operator, apparently. So um, I think that one's kind of self-explanatory in a way. Um, all right. We have a uh, we have Super Bowl teams. I think I got to mention that. We have two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. I think for the first time ever. That's pretty cool. I... Uh, I don't know who I'm rooting for. One of those quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, is on my fantasy football team, so 
And he's, I would argue that he's the greatest quarterback ever. <laughs> Some of the things he does. Um, on uh, Along those same lines, while football was happening, I was watching the Bucks, and Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 50 points, which, if you don't know by now, the MB, the Milwaukee Bucks are the best player in the NBA, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, he had 50 points last night. He had 16 points in like the first games, the, the first couple of minutes of the game. That was pretty crazy. So I have to mention it. I have to mention it. When somebody in Wisconsin drops 50, it's important. Um, what other what other things? Oh, just in in terms of what we're gonna see on next. Well, yeah, next month's ballot. It's not quite February yet. Uh, Supreme Court race, and this is always kind of interesting because we've politicized the Supreme Court race. I was I was reading some some other Supreme Court race stories. I want to say Ohio. So they it was it was, maybe it wasn't Supreme Court. But it was kind of interesting because they brought up how in a, a Republican-leaning county, a judge ran and and ran for, yeah, so it was a county race. A judge ran and won an election but with 80% of the vote. So the next election, in between that those two elections, the state legislature... Qualify had put some qualifiers on on these nonpartisan races and just made them partisan, and said you got to put you got to run as a D or an R, and that judge then ran as a D and did not win the same race even though she had the same message and one could say that maybe voters didn't like how the judge judged over that over her, that last term, or one could say that it's just based on whether or not you put a D or an R next to your dam as how you're going to vote. But that's how we are in the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. We don't have the D's and the R's. We apparently have the C's and the L's or the P's, uh, depending on who you talk to. I mean, we don't have multiple names for the Republican judges. They're just conservative judges, I guess. And then the Democrat judges for the Wisconsin Supreme Court race are either liberal or progressive, depending on how you talk, who you talk to. I always think that's interesting, too, is... Uh, you know, people get fired up. For some reason, people get fired up. They hear the word liberal. I've been name-called liberal. <laughs> but if you look up the meaning of liberal, it's it's not really a bad word. But in politics, it's become this bad word. And progressive kind of n- numbs that a little bit, I think. Uh, some people might not like progressive. And I think in the grand scheme of things, for people who don't like liberal, they would like progressives less. Because I think progressives are kind of more pro-government, uh, government uh, programs and stuff, but I just, it's just a weird, it's just one of them tiny little things. Like how do we get people fired up about these nonpartisan races? We label them, but we can't label them D's or R's. We label them liberals and progressives or liberals, progressives and conservatives. And that's supposed to, you know, I mean, you might not know anything about any of the judges except if they're a liberal, a progressive, or a conservative, and the uh, the messaging there, labeling someone a liberal, seems like a little bit more, like oh, that's going to be a little bit more political than than the other two. So it's the weird thing that we do when we're trying to run nonpartisan races. Anyway, Chris Haskell coming up. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line for a couple minutes, but if you want to call at the bottom half of the hour, I am taking calls. 
I don't always take calls, but uh, I don't have anyone. Chris can only stick with me for a little bit, I think, unless I make her stick with me longer because we don't get to everything on our agenda. But um, Chris Haskell is the chair of voter services at the League of Women Voters in the lacrosse area. Is that true, right, Chris? Is it in the lacrosse area, League of Women Voters? It's technically of the lacrosse area, but close enough. Okay, I wrote that down, and I was like, did I just do that as part of my notes, or is that officially? There it is, League of Women Voters of the lacrosse area. Um, and she's been doing Voter Services Committee for about three years. Uh, a lot of important stuff on the ballot, and then people just don't always know, so that's why I'm bringing you on. Like, Just kind of like, heads up, there's a primary of February 19th, I believe, and then there's the you know the election in April um, what what do you think? Do you have an opinion on here? What is the most important thing on the ballot for lacrosse voters? Um, so first of all, Rick, I just want to say the primary is on February twenty first. <laughs> okay, of, co- um, of course, I got the date yeah, wrong. Always, always on Tuesdays, and it's really hard to say what the most important thing is for lacrosse voters. Of course. Um, we're real concerned about our schools right now, and, and there will be um, a primary for school board. They, there are nine people running, and that has to be winnowed down to eight for the April election. And then um, District 2, which is the north side district in which the Harry J. Olson Senior Center is, um, there's a primary that race, there are three people running, and that needs to get down to two. And then, um, so those are really important locally for City of La Crosse. Uh, the big race statewide is the race for the Supreme Court justice, and there are four people running, and that needs to get down to two people. So that's for the primary. Now, can you can you explain the role of the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse area when it comes to these kind of races, or just voting in general, or yeah, voting elections in general? I mean, sure. Um, so we have two objectives. Our primary objective is to get as many people as possible registered uh, and out to vote, and then we also educate about voting or educating about races. So. Um, both things. We want to educate and register folks. Is it is it a lot more difficult to educate voters on a quote-unquote nonpartisan election like the ones in February and April coming up here? Or is it harder to educate voters during a partisan election when, when there's a DNR next to everybody's name? I never thought of it as the partisan versus nonpartisan, but, it, but it's very difficult, so maybe that's part of it. Spring races, and they call February a spring race. I'm not sure that's applicable, but anyway. Um, so the February and April elections, um, it wouldn't be unusual to get 10% of the registered voters out in February and maybe 25% in April. We've, we've been lucky lately that those numbers have been higher. But, uh, yes, it is very difficult to get people out for and again i hadn't thought of it as the nonpartisan versus partisan but it, it is nonpartisan races are more difficult to get people out for somehow yeah. i made I, I i made it 
not partisan, but I've I've made it competitive. The nonpartisan versus partisan. Somehow I've I, we're having com- yeah, yeah. competing elections. Um, yeah, there's there's getting people out to vote, and then also like this this election because I think I think politicians are trying to get people out to vote as well by. I don't know if you want to call it manipulating the ballot, but throwing on advisory referendums, constitutional amendments. So on top of, you know, you trying to get information about the candidates themselves, I mean, putting two questions that are going to change the Wisconsin state constitution, uh, that's really important. And how much work are you guys looking to to put in, in into that and in, in, in educating voters on uh, what I will just call bail reform questions? Um, y- yes, to what you said, it, it, it is very difficult. And, of course, yes, our Constitution is extremely important, but to try to educate about that is tough. We're very lucky that we have, um, and maybe it's not luck, maybe it's hard work, um, we have a terrific website that has tons of information about um, the the Constitution and the amendments and also lots of information about uh, the Supreme Court race. So uh, LWZ Lacrosse is a great resource. If we can get people fired up and understanding that, that these things are important, and um, then they can go to our website and read all about it. We're speaking with Chris Haskell, the chair of the Voter Service Committee at the League of Women Voters of the La Crosse area. Okay, Chris, I, you mentioned this to me when we were chatting quick before the show. Uh, you did some kind of, I don't know if it was a PSA, no, like a webinar on some of this stuff, and then you got done with it on some of this stuff that's going to be uh, referendum stuff, uh, constitutional amendment stuff, bail reform stuff, right? Like you did a webinar to kind of inform people about it, and then you, I think you said to me, and even after that you were like, gosh, I'm this stuff is pretty pretty uh, deep dive and, and sort of confusing. Right. So the State League of Women Voters of Wisconsin did a webinar about, um, at that time, they thought there were four possible questions that could be on the ballot regarding the Constitution. And so there was a, I think it was a one-hour webinar with about speakers speaking on about 15 minutes on each of those constitutional amendments. Mm-hmm. That webinar, by the way, is also on our um website um but yeah it's tough to understand that you really have to educate yourself in order to know how you want to vote on the two that did make it through the legislature to be on the ballot uh obviously there was wisconsin supreme court race on the ballot as well you you mentioned and i said before you brought on uh, before we brought you on just kind of how we've labeled these judges in a nonpartisan race to which is like it's almost like cheating on the test. If we put a label in front of these judges and I don't know anything else about them, then I at least I can go to the label. But uh, League of Women Voters, are you guys going to do? It's funny to say, are you guys? And it's the League of. Are you women going to? Are you going to um, put how much how much uh, informational stuff are you putting out on Wisconsin Supreme Court race? We think uh, locally we have a subcommittee of the voter services group that's called the Think Tank. We've been meeting since um, virtually right after the November election, um, trying to determine what we thought was the most important thing to educate voters on and to drive out the vote, to get out the vote. And, And we think that is the Supreme Court race. We know that 
people in the city of La Crosse are fired up about school board and city council. So we think um, educating about the Supreme Court races is really important. So our social media will be directed in that way. Um, We go into all the high schools in the spring, and we're going to um, make sure that they're aware of how important the Supreme Court race is. Uh, we've been talking to the local post-secondary schools. So, um, yes, we're developing a PSA that we hope WISM will play um, to educate people about the importance of the Supreme Court race. I, and I was thinking today, um, I know, nerdy as it might be, but I was thinking about the three branches of government. We all learn about that in school and so it's the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. They're all equal. Um, and yet people will are, are very interested in voting for who's going to be president, the executive branch. Um, pretty interested in voting for who's going to be our senators and representatives, as we, as we saw in November. And then the third equal branch of the co-equal branches, um, Supreme Court. So we really need to get people to be thinking along those lines so they turn out uh, as much as they do for um, the other two branches. Well, how about this? So we're just bra- Let's brainstorm this PSA a little bit, Chris. Okay, federally, we get the vote for our House members, Derek Van Orden. We get the vote for our senators, Ron Johnson and Tammy Baldwin. We get the vote for our president, uh, Joe Biden. We don't get the vote for our U.S. Supreme Court. The Senate does that, and the Senate, you know, and, and then that becomes very partisan at this point in time. But in the state, while we, we kind of get to vote for our legislature, I would say there's there's some manipulating there with voter lines, but we get to vote for them. We get to vote for a governor. We also have the opportunity. It's very unique. I, you know, when you compare it to the U.S. Supreme Court, we get to vote for these Wisconsin Supreme Court judges. Their Their terms are a decade long, which isn't isn't forever like the U.S. Supreme Court, but that's a long time. So there's this opportunity amongst Wisconsin voters to to have a say in who's going to represent them in that judicial branch. Right, exactly. And, uh, and yeah, 10 years is, is a long time, and there's no term limits. So it could be 10 years and then 10 years and then 10 years, because often, of course, once someone gets in as an incumbent, um, they're reelected, and um, ironically, you, you made reference to um, redistricting and gerrymandering and talking about not maybe really being able to vote for the legislature, but that's one of the things that the Supreme Court can affect. Um, so cases about redistricting do go to the Supreme Court, and it was the Supreme Court, the existing Supreme Court, that ruled um that the maps were not going to change, that they wanted the, the ones that were least disruptive. So um, it's important. Yeah, and they ultimately ruled on which maps to pick. They picked uh, Governor Tony Evers' maps congressionally and the re- Wisconsin legislature's uh, maps uh, based on the, the legislature, so their own maps. Um, and and um, I guess when when you say you're going going to you you trying to inform voters, you're going to go hit all the the schools. What kind of things in in terms of the Wisconsin Supreme Court race? Um, 
how do you approach students in terms of that? Do you, do you kind of, here are the things that are, that the, I, I don't know, like, what do, what do you tell students when you go to these schools and, and kind of discuss with them the Wisconsin Supreme Court race? So um, you're talking about when we go to the high school. Yeah. Um, so, again, try to, try to um, meet folks where they are. So one of the things that the Supreme Court ruled on, our, our Wisconsin State Supreme Court ruled on, were the um, COVID restrictions. And, and they ruled um, in a case in 2020, 2020 um, that the stay-at-home orders were unenforceable. Well, this group of 18-year-olds, or 17, going to be 18, we only talked to the seniors, um, COVID has been a huge thing in their lives. And so I think that's relatable to them that, oh, you mean this Supreme Court could rule about COVID laws? They're they're very familiar with that. I think young people are also um, very familiar with... um, the abortion abortion laws, and they say that that's really driven out the young vote, and that's something we think the Supreme Court will be ruling on as far as the Wisconsin um, law. And then there's education policy that uh, the Supreme Court can rule on, so they may have a case on something like vouchers. So really trying to, to talk to students about, oh, well, this is something in your life that can be affected by this group of seven people, and you get to vote for one of them uh, in April. Do you talk at all about how the this election swings the balance, or do you not, because you're a nonpartisan group, do you not talk about the balance of power there? Um, I, think, I think we would. Um, it's because that's, uh, that's a nonpartisan also, so we're not saying vote for this person because that will swing the power this way. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just saying wh- whoever wins this election, it will swing the power. So so you make a decision about what you want to be, your Supreme Court, and then you vote that way knowing that it's going to swing the power. Yeah, it would, be, it would probably be irresponsible to not inform whoever you're trying to inform that hey this is going to swing the power because it's it's not like anyone else is like there's no debate there this is going to swing the balance of power possibly right 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 exactly so it'll either keep it the same or it will change it so if you like the balance of power now then you vote for these are two candidates that will keep it that way if if you want it to be something different then these are two candidates that will um, change it to be something different. Yeah, and, and there, there's a fine line there, too, because I think people would argue that Brian Hagedorn hasn't always done that, so there's no guarantees that you vote for one judge or the other, that they wouldn't decide with one side or the other on, on certain issues as well. Yeah, yeah, very true. Hagedorn has done um, the swing, and he's been on, I, I just read, 85% of the decisions he was in the majority on those decisions. So, um, he's, yeah, he's a, that's a perfect example of a very power, powerful force on the Supreme, Supreme Court. And I would be remiss 
if I didn't mention that he's also the only male. Right. Did you know that? Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've done I've done stories on uh, you know Wisconsin Supreme Court. Like it, when Hagedorn was up for election, the, his competitor was was a female. So if if she would have won, it was a it was a close race, but it was kind of one of them off years where voter turnout isn't great. I think if we could go back and do it again, we might have the only Supreme Court in the in the the state Supreme Court with all females. Uh, which would have been really cool, but I in in that regard, uh, the city council is is uh, majority female in Lacrosse here, and I did a story about that when when that election came about a couple years oh, was it a couple years ago now. Yeah, we also did a post on that. That was one of our our biggest posts. Yeah, yeah, was that twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah, and then um, Barb Jansen was also elected as the president. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you, was very cool. You women are inf- in infiltrating all our our. Uh, yeah, I can't believe I even let you guys on here. <laughs> yeah, we're just everywhere. All right, we'll see. Like maybe we can get the county board to be a female majority. I don't. I don't have the 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 board in front of me, but maybe it is. I guess I haven't looked. I don't think it is. I, the last time I looked, it, it was I think male majority, but. Um, that's Chris Haskell. She's the chair of the Voter Services Committee with the League of Women Voters of the Lacrosse Area. Chris, I appreciate you coming on, and we'll have you on what uh, maybe a month from now, and, and kind of update us on, on where things went with the February primary. That would be great, Rick. I would appreciate it so much. It's important. Um, in the meantime, any information? LWV Lacrosse is our website, our Instagram. Um, so check us out. Facebook too. I think you were going for Facebook. <laughs> All right, thanks, Chris. Okay, we got to take a break. Brad's got to do the news. Brad's last news reminded me that we talked to uh, the MTU president, the MTU union workers president uh, with the Democratic Voice podcast. So maybe we'll talk about that too. Uh, MTU workers want to raise uh, 4.5% raise, I believe it is. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, good time to do that. So I got nobody. Nobody coming on. Talked a little bit before the show about, and and with Chris Haskell a little bit, about the partisanship that is the Wisconsin Supreme Court race and the nonpartisan elections. It's just kind of hard to not make a note of that. And even when you're trying to educate people about going out to vote, and and what the Supreme Court stands for. If you didn't if you didn't mention that, oh by the way, this Supreme Court race, because even nationally people are looking at Wisconsin and, and the balance of power here on on the line for the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, even nationally it's making headlines. So if you didn't if you didn't let your people you're informing know that the importance of that, then you're doing a disservice. Uh, even as you're trying to be a nonpartisan group talking about something partisan, so it's it's a fine line, but it's I think it's important, and it it is weird. and And we talked with UW Lacrosse Political Science Professor Dr. Anthony Tregoski about this a little bit last week. We didn't we didn't deep dive too much into the state Supreme Court race. Um, it would be interesting if because there's two conservatives and two progressive slash liberals uh, running, it would be interest. It would be you, funny if if the two conservative judges won the primary or the two progressive judges won the primary 
I, I kind of want it to happen in a way because what what happens then when there's in the nonpartisan race, but now you have two Republicans or two Democrats and you have to pick one. Like then then do the those judges or potential judges, I, I should say, most of them are judges, but I don't think Dan Kelly is anymore. Do they come to the middle and try to get your vote? If I'm a conservative judge, do I do I just avoid the abortion topic? Do I try to talk about it in a way that makes people think that, uh, you know, I, I, I could rule either way on it? I mean, the law is 174 years old. I probably should update it in a way that's that's a, like a little bit more unique to the times. Um, so if there were two conservative judges, how they would how would they approach that? If they're two liberal judges, they're trying to get conservative votes. If they're on the same ballot, do they come to the middle a little bit more? And and say some of the the Republican talking points with uh, only exceptions of rape and incest because those aren't even exceptions at this point. Um, so it would be interesting. I don't think it's going to happen, but that was a possibility that we talked about. Also, this Supreme Court race is going to be the most expensive ever. And t- I, I don't know if expensive is is a, the best way to put it, but um, in 2020, the race between Dan Kelly and Jill Karofsky. Uh, and that was on a presidential primary. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, candidates and outside groups spent more than $10 million. Uh, that was a high mark. That's the rec- spent a record that year. Um, but the most expensive race for a single state judicial seat in U.S. history was in Illinois, $15 million back in 2004. And we're going to beat both of those, $15 million. So this makes me itchy how much money we're throwing at politics. And um, it's another one of those... Things where the general public all agrees. It's another one of those issues. Marijuana, the general public, kind of a landslide. Just leave us alone with marijuana. Let us use it, regulate it, however you want to do it. Uh, Abortion, it's leaning that way as well. Women's right to choose. Just let let women let women have their right. and and just it's just another one of the issues that's politicized. But when you just talk to the general public, it's not all that political. But we're going to make it political, and then we're going to use it to uh, get voters to the polls. But we're not going to do that in Wisconsin. We're not going to get voters to come to the polls in Wisconsin, putting an abortion thing on a statewide amend uh, on a sw- statewide advisory referendum. We're not doing that. Republicans said nope. Republicans did put something going after welfare recipients on the ballot. Republicans said, yeah, we'll do that. Republicans are also putting bail reform on the ballot in terms of a con- changing, a constitution, uh, changing the state constitution. But when Democrats said, hey, we could put the 1849 law on the ballot, they said, no, we don't want, to, we don't want those voters to go to the polls because the, the numbers already speak for themselves. If you put that on the ballot, then um, more people who believe in women's right to choose will go to the ba- polls, and apparently they don't want that. 608-785-7914. Um, again, appreciate Chris Haskell coming on. Uh, last time she was on, she talked about Jordan and Johnny Davis uh, doing a getting out the vote campaign. I don't think they're going to do that this time around, but we'll see. They're, it sounds like they're going to do a PSA on the Wisconsin Supreme Court race that will air on our stations potentially. Anyway, so one more break. We'll wrap up. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just going to wrap up here a couple minutes. 
Thanks again to Chris Haskell, Haskell from the League of Women Voters for joining us. Coming up tomorrow, Jesse Martinez, the Lacrosse Education Association president, otherwise known as the Teachers Union president. He's going to join us and talk about some uh, how teachers are doing and uh, school referendum coming up and anything else. So if you got questions, put them on hold for 23 hours because I won't be able to see them. If you send them to me now. Well, I'll see them now, but I'll forget by tomorrow. Uh, Speaking of unions, we had Todd Strasser on the Democratic Voice podcast. You can go to wisdomnews.com slash podcasts and check that out. Todd Strasser is the essentially the lacrosse bus workers union president. That's the easiest way for me to say that. And they're asking for a four and a half percent raise. The city's at about 2.9%. And it's not just a 2.9. I think it's over two years or something like that. And um, Strasser's argument there on the podcast was that management in the MTU or the bus, you know, how the, the b- b- bus management at the city got over the past 24 months at 14% raise. So why wouldn't workers, uh, you know, get just under just over 10% less than that? Uh, he mentioned inflation being at 8%. Uh, so they're not even asking, you know, a little over half of what inf- the inflation rate is. City's coming back with 2.9% raise. Um, I think once a year, or every every year, a different one of these groups. I think the police go one year, the fire department goes one year. Although last time, I, f- I feel like police and fire went at the same time. And I think the fire department took less than what they were being offered. It just it, I think it was right around COVID, and they were trying to do uh, the city a favor there. And so fire fighters took less than what was offered, and we'll see what happens. Next time around, with with their uh, negotiations, I don't know when those are, but it's always it's always just funny. Like the you know every all these groups ask for raises, get a get a three percent or so raise, and how many people how many people you know just out there working for private businesses are are getting the same opportunity to see their you know. Asking for for even asking for raises, let alone you know having having to negotiate, and I guess that's part partly because of a union, right? But uh, I did see some. You could just go. You could just go to the the old corporation versus worker thing. I, I saw some tweets here. Bed Bath and Beyond says it will shutter an additional eighty seven stores and its entire Harmon chain of drug stores. Private equity owners took control of Bed Bath & Beyond in 2019, paid themselves $71 million and spent a billion dollars in stock buybacks. They're now laying off thousands and bankruptcy is imminent. So we're seeing stories like that all the time with corporations and, and raises and workers not getting raises. The opposite, they're getting laid off. So uh, I always try to side with workers when it comes to this. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening.